0: snake eyes is an actual play semi-improvised podcast that utilizes an adapted version of the freeform universal role-playing system at its base our game master nathan quadrio describes scenes settings and characters for our player miriam feats who reacts as an active part of the story most of what you hear in this podcast is collaboratively improvised by our two performers At moments of great risk and tension, Miriam will be asked to roll a standard six-sided die to determine the outcome of the situation. On a one to three, something goes wrong, adding more complications to the story. On a four to six, luck swings her way, and the story moves on unimpeded. Now, prepare to enter a world of murder, adultery, crime, and lies in Snake Eyes. 9 o'clock or so, you head towards the Herringbone home. You take the taxi up the coast. There are these beautiful houses that you see. You're a little bit further south and you haven't quite hit the film studios. The taxi pulls up at these enormous wrought iron gates. Very English in style. It swings open to an enormous courtyard with a fountain at its centre. Much bigger than anything that Biddy has been involved in before. But quite beautiful. These big double doors swing open and a man dressed in a tail steps down. Good morning. You must be Miss Jones.
1: Yes. Yes, I am.
0: Uh, Kenny, Mrs. Herdingbone warned me that you would be coming. Please come inside.
1: Oh, I'm very excited to get cracking on this case.
0: And you head up and you enter into a giant foyer space with an enormous staircase that leads upstairs. And he moves up to go collect Eleanor, who comes down in another beautiful dress, red today. Tabitha, it's so lovely to see you. Thank you for coming. It's so prompt.
1: Of course. Is there anything here in particular you would like me to look at? Otherwise, I can just go play some myself.
0: You're more than welcome to look around, of course. I do think that upstairs, uh, he has his offices, as well as our personal bedroom. I think that those would definitely be worth looking at. You're the private investigator, I'm happy to let you take the lead.
1: I'll start there, and then if anything else catches my interest, I'll let you know.
0: Eleanor leads you upstairs. Would you like to head to the bedroom or the office first? Start
1: with the bedroom.
0: You head into the bedroom. Beautiful bedroom. The entire bedroom is probably as big as the apartment that you live in. An enormous four-poster bed in the centre with huge windows that open up into the beautifully manicured lawns. There is an ensuite to the left and these beautiful wooden bedside tables on each side with a lamp on each.
1: right. Let's start with the bedside tables. Do I get an impression of which one belongs to Max and which one belongs to Eleanor?
0: Initially, they both look very clear, but as you head closer towards, you see peeking out some slippers, some that are more definitively masculine on the left side.
1: I'll definitely look through the bedside table on Max's side and see if I can find... Just get a feel for what he's keeping there if there's any mementos or any clues to his character in the bedside table.
0: You open up the top drawer. It's two drawers. You open up the top drawer and there are reading glasses and a book. Um, just seems to be some kind of pulp fiction. Nothing particularly exciting. You close it and then you open up the bottom drawer. In here is um a few little knickknacks. Nothing seems to stand out to you except for a key. Mm-hmm. Which is numbered 112. And there's a logo of two trees underneath that.
1: Alright. I will pocket the key.
0: Okay. You pop the key into your pocket. And close the drawer.
1: you will go to the dresser next. Mm-hmm and have a look and see what's in there to begin with and then decide if she wants to do anything further with that.
0: Biddy opens up each drawer of the dresser. The top few are filled with ties, pocket squares, cufflinks, small detail pieces, socks. The lower ones are filled with mostly casual wear, tennis clothes, things like that.
1: Yeah, I think Biddy will head to the... Walk in wardrobe.
0: In true mansion style, Biddy has to exit <laughs> the bedroom yeah. and head around to a separate room which is lined with racks and clothes and drawers.
1: I want to look for like Max's day coats and sort of things that I feel like he would be cycling through mm-hmm. regularly in the day today, and I want to search the pockets.
0: You move through his um, clothes. He has a number of day codes. Just slipping your hand into every single pocket. You don't find much until eventually there is something small and square that you pull out. It's a matchbook. A matchbook for a bar mm-hmm. called The Armada.
1: Have I heard of this bar before?
0: It's not a bar that you're familiar okay. with, no.
1: I'll slip some matchbook into my pocket as well. While Biddy's finishing up in the wardrobe... Are there any shoes in here?
0: Yes, there are shoes.
1: I think Biddy wants to go look at Max's shoes and see if there's anything on the sole of them, any mud or dirt or any clue that would suggest that he had been somewhere other than he should, because I imagine he lives quite a contained life on the movie studios between home and his work. So just to see if there's any... Anything
0: there. Absolutely. You go looking through the shoes and they're beautifully lined up. All of his loafers, all of his formal shoes. But then you see out of the corner of your eye, kind of tucked behind another box, a pair of his dress shoes that he would have been wearing to work. That seem to be kind of hidden away where they would be out of sight if you weren't looking.
1: I would love to grab those.
0: You grab the shoes, and there is a little bit of mud around the bottom. Aside from that, there's nothing unusual about it. Perhaps they've just been put away because they were dirty. He is working on a western at the moment, so perhaps that's a work thing.
1: How fresh is the mud?
0: Uh, this one is is dry, okay. so it kind of crumbles off as you press it.
1: Yeah, Biddy will turn the shoes over and commit to memory the print. That the bottom of the shoe would make if it was walking anywhere with muddy footprints.
0: Sure. You look at the bottom of the shoe. It's a high quality shoe. You can tell something about the footprint, but it is still just a generic dress shoe.
1: All right. Biddy will head back to the bedroom before she heads to the office. She just wants to have a quick look inside Eleanor's bedside table.
0: You head in and you look inside Eleanor's bedside table. Inside the top drawer is a number of beauty products, some jewellery that probably holds more sentimental value than any kind of actual worth. A lot of the jewellery was kept in the dresser. And the bottom is filled with scrapbooks, photo books, things like that.
1: I think Biddy takes out one of the photo books and it's going to look through. Are they? F- are there photos of Max and Eleanor and the family, or are they like landscapes? Or
0: it is a photo book of the family. So her and Max on various holidays in various hot destinations that they re- people really want to travel to. Snow skiing near beautiful waters and lakes.
1: Does anyone else show up in the photo albums other than immediate family
0: as you look through there is almost nobody there but then there is towards the end more of his film career of them going to premieres and stuff like that together and you do see a figure you recognize that's theo theo appears a number of times not often in the front of these photos but in the background to the side as if he was with them, but they have requested to be just the two of them as a couple.
1: Is there any way to get an idea of the date of when Theo starts showing up in photos? Um, Can I remove any to sort of look at what's been written on the back or are they glued in?
0: Most of them have been glued in. There is one with a date a bit further in that writes uh, 1938. He's been on the scene for at least three years.
1: All right, I'll put the photos back and close up the drawers and head to the office.
0: Okay, you head to the office. It's smaller than you would have expected, quite simply adorned, but I imagine that he would be doing most of his work at work. He has a beautiful mahogany desk and there's a cupboard to the left.
1: But he will start at the desk.
0: You start to pull the drawers in the desk. There's a few drawers um, just kind of at the top or locked.
1: I take out the key in my pocket, but I'm not optimistic.
0: Okay. You attempt to unlock unsuccessfully.
1: All right. Is there anything here that is unlocked or anything that I think I could unlock drawers with?
0: You look around, there doesn't appear to be anything on the desk that could be used to lock or unlock anything there, but the cupboard is unlocked.
1: Alright, I'll look through the cupboard
0: then. You look in the cupboard and you find uh, a set of trays. Mm -hmm. um, In trays, out trays, him him organising a variety of paperwork there.
1: Alrighty. Um, I'll look through the top few sheets of the trays just to get an idea of what he's been working on most recently.
0: A lot of these are on this kind of crisp white paper with blue ink marked with the Solar Studios logo. Cash moving forwards, in, out, hiring papers. And then you hit something that's a little bit different. It's on a, a yellowy piece of paper that has been black typewritten. And it's an invoice for $100,000. To somebody by the name of R. Oscar.
1: And is there a date on the invoice? Like how recent was it?
0: It's towards the top of one of the the piles. Um, It is from about two weeks ago.
1: Okay. And there's nothing else here that's really intriguing me?
0: Not from the tops of these, no.
1: Alright. I might skim through them looking specifically for our Oscar to see if there's anything else that mentions his name. So it's really just like lift and flick to see if I can see any more documentation of this figure.
0: You flip through and continue to flip through and you find two more pieces of paperwork about Mm -hmm. our Oscar, exactly the same kind of invoice, One for another $100,000 and another for $250,000. And
1: nothing to suggest what these invoices are about?
0: No, but they are noted as one lump sum. So one lump sum of $100,000 for goods and services.
1: Okay.
0: There is no logo. There is no company name. It is just an invoice from our Oscar to Max Herringbone.
1: I want to look around the office briefly. Does it look like this is Max's space or does it look like other people also move through here?
0: This is Max's home. Mm -hmm. It looks like this is his personal office's and definitely one that he would not be expecting anybody to be rifling through.
1: Okay. Um... I'd like to look around and see if there's any evidence of like mud that's been tracked into the office or anything that looks like it's been moved or shifted in a hurry. So just looking for evidence of something being amiss.
0: You look around, everything seems spotless and clean. Yeah. Having met Kenny, you would imagine that he is there to keep things clean. So if there was anything, it's been removed in the interim.
1: I will stick my head out of the office and call for Kenny. Because Eleanor said that I could trust him. Yes. Yes, so I'll call Kenny over.
0: Yes, Miss Jones, how can I assist you?
1: I've been looking around trying to find hints or clues as to what Mr. Herringbone has been up to. Indeed. I was wondering, it would be useful for my investigation to be able to get into his desk. Is there any way that you have a key, or does he hold the only one?
0: Unfortunately, he holds the only one. Mr. Herringbone is very proud about his business matters. Occasionally he talks to his wife about upcoming works, but obviously we have to be very careful about where all these details go in his business.
1: Of course. And I imagine he keeps that keep with him?
0: I believe so, yes.
1: You seem like a man who keeps his ear to the ground, knows some of the things that are going on.
0: It is my job, yes.
1: What can you tell me
0: about Theo Carrington? Theo is a close business associate, is my understanding of Mr. Harrington.
1: What's your opinion of him?
0: I don't have many dealings with Theo. I understand that he is a man who comes from great wealth. The source of that wealth has always been unclear to me. Perhaps he's involved in some things that he shouldn't be. But I've never had any reason to confirm that as the truth.
1: In your opinion, other than the drinking and the late hours, has Mr. Herringbone been acting out of character?
0: Well, yes, actually. He's become rather more private. I've been with the Herringbone family for a number of years since the children were quite young, and he's always been very talkative and respectful of me. He's still remained respectful, but he's chosen to not share as much as he used to and is more interested in maintaining his own diary. In the past, I've organised meetings for him and such, as is my job. But he's wishing to become a little bit more independent, perhaps. Speaking to similar people in similar positions, my understanding is that um, as they grow in their business power and prowess, Sometimes they feel they want to take more control. After a while, they find that it just stresses them out and it will be handed back to me.
1: You said you used to organize his diary. Indeed. Did you ever schedule a meeting for him with an R Oscar?
0: Mr Oscar? Uh, No, that's not a name I'm familiar with. Unfortunately, I'm sorry.
1: There have been some rather large payments moving between the two of them. I was intrigued. I was just wondering if you happened to recognize the name.
0: No. How many large payments could be described in any number of ways. He's obviously responsible for most of Solar Studios. Perhaps he's working with a new studio in a buyout, or the development of a new project. Perhaps some new buildings.
1: Of course. I have another question. I found some mud on a pair of Mr. Herringbone's shoes. I imagine he's not one to normally trapes in any dirt or debris. I was wondering if you had found any muddy footprints, any mess in the house that wouldn't normally be there.
0: Not at all. That is quite unusual. To... You found muddy shoes. You say, where were they found?
1: In the wardrobe. He'd um, hidden them right at the back.
0: That is rather unusual in the event that during his workday, as happens on set, he becomes dirty. He leaves the shoes or whatever dirty clothes there are in the back room for me, and I sort them out. That way he doesn't mess up the house or come in looking less than his best. He takes great pride in the way he looks. It's very odd for them to be in the wardrobe. Yes.
1: Well, thank you. I might just walk around the house, get a feel for the place. Absolutely. Yeah, I think she just wants to scope out the whole house, figure out what the layout is, look at the garden. I assume they have Mm -hmm. a larger back garden.
0: Yeah, they have grounds, which are reasonably well kept. You move around the top floor of the house. um, There's a number of small sitting rooms, maybe a lounge space, but they appear to be rather unused. Obviously, this House would have been home to what you saw in the photo books, three children, and these spaces would have been used for their purpose, primarily. They would have had, you know, friends over and things like that, but now they are kept up, but not particularly used. Uh, There are also a few more bedrooms here, guest bedrooms, as well as what you can only assume would have been the children's bedrooms. Heading downstairs, there is a beautiful kitchen, wonderfully stocked with a very large pantry, a formal dining room, again, a couple more lounge spaces, one sitting room, one lounge room, and then towards the back of the house, a sunroom with beautiful glass windows that kind of go floor to ceiling. A little bit unusual, something you've not really seen before in the architecture, but the effect is very clear. Looking out into the gardens, you see that it does stretch back quite far. But from the sunroom, you can just see the back fence. Mostly a garden. Really well kept. A bit of a flowing park. Some water features going through. And a lot of colour and greenery going on.
1: Nothing in the garden that could produce the mud on the shoes.
0: Not particularly. It does appear to be mostly lawn. Or paths that have been specifically designed to go for lazy Sunday walks.
1: I will look for Eleanor. I might just have one more conversation with her.
0: As you move about the house, you find Eleanor in the sitting room downstairs.
1: Mrs. Herringbone, can I ask you a few questions?
0: Of course. Miss Jones, please, have a seat.
1: I've looked around the bedroom and the office... Unfortunately um, I couldn't get into the desk. It appears your husband keeps his things quite well locked up. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to arouse any suspicions by um, tampering with something that I'm not sure I could put back together again. Your husband has been making some recent dealings with a a Mr. R. Oscar. Is that a name that rings any bells to you?
0: No, unfortunately Mr. Oscar does not uh, ring any bells he deals with the number of people in his daily life unfortunately I don't know all of them
1: of course I just thought I'd check there was a pair of muddy shoes tucked away in the wardrobe hmm,
0: how unusual
1: do you know of anywhere he could have gone that would have resulted in that kind of mess
0: well I know that the current project he's working on is a set in the prairie days perhaps there's some mud from the set I don't know why Kenneth wouldn't have dealt with that, though.
1: There's definitely something peculiar going on here. My plan to get to the bottom of it. I also wonder how much have you dealt with Theo Carrington?
0: Well, Theo is a close friend of Max's and has grown to become a close family friend. He is quite skilled in the business side, has been very useful in getting funding for a variety of Max's projects. Bit of a charmer.
1: I understand that Max has been spending more time with him lately.
0: Well, yes. Max has always had a flair for the dramatic and the theatrical. um, So I believe that he's uh, chosen to step on to the camera. Did
1: Max give a reason for casting Theo?
0: Not particularly. Um, He said that he believed that Theo had some talent that was unrecognized and that he may be suitable for this project. There are obviously many other people employed by the studio who would be, but. I understand the need to keep the talent fresh and each film more exciting than the last.
1: I do have one more question for you and Biddy will pull out the key mm-hmm. that she found. Do you recognize this, what it could be for?
0: She reaches out and takes it and has a look. This key, oh yes, um, this is for our lodge. It's further up the coast, a little bit of a, a, a beach getaway. Twin Pines.
1: Um, how long does it take to get up there?
0: Oh, look, um, if we're gonna travel we prefer to go international, so it's more of something that's just maybe an hour or so down the road. We used to go there with the kids for a weekend, they like to go swimming.
1: Do you mind if I hold on to this? Just for the next few days, I may head up there in case any leads drive me in that direction.
0: Not a problem. I don't believe it's been kept up very well, so I do apologize. We haven't been there in a little while. As I say, um, Max has been incredibly busy, and it's not really part of Kenny's purview to keep it up. We've been looking to sell it off, but it's there for the moment.
1: Of course. Well, thank you so much. I may contact you about heading into the studio tomorrow. We'll see how I go with things tonight. I have some other leads to chase down.
0: Not a problem at all.
1: And, um, Biddy will... Yeah, Biddy will head out. Thanks for listening in to this week's episode of Snake Eyes. Listen in next week to follow the next part in the adventures of Biddy Jones, Private Investigator. Let us know what you think by leaving a review on your podcasting app of choice, and we'll see you on the flip side.